And here we go. We're going to jump into the ACC preview. Can't really say the ACC conference preview since it's the Atlanta Atlantic Coast Conference, but that's neither here nor there. We're going to jump into uh, teams in just a moment. But before I do, welcome, Josh. How are you this morning? Doing well. Ready to uh, do this ACC preview and, uh, you know, probably not going to take three hours today. So uh, that's a little disappointing, but here we are. Yeah. So <laughs> we're going to, we're, yeah. So we, we did, we went, we went three hours for the big 10, but you know, that, that that's more to uh, let, let, let it out there. What, what, what we're bringing to the table here, what we're going to offer in our conference previews, but the, the extended information is going to be more so included into the write-ups and not into these these podcasts but at the same time we're going to go through everybody we're going to we're going to try to do it quickly we're going to try to keep this to a limited time so you don't have to devote days of your life to listen to them <laughs> so let's jump into the first team here and we have Boston College so Phil, Phil Yurkovich he definitely did not play well last year uh, I think he he gave us one good game but he was obviously injured I think he came back before he really should have He's healthy now. He's going to be leading this offense, and uh, you know there are some players on this team that I that I'm interested in. And I'm not I'm not going to say I'm I'm going overboard for him, but at the same time, you've made it clear that that John McAnulty's not your not your flavor. Uh, so <laughs> uh, yeah, he came in as 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 the the tight end coach for Notre Dame last year. And, uh, you know, so, so what are your thoughts here, Josh, on, on McAnulty and on, um, on Yurkovich? Yeah. And last time we saw McNulty as an OC, he was at Rutgers and, uh, sorry, Ben, but this, I'm sure he's trying to self forget those 2018, 2019 offenses with McNulty. And so, you know, I think both years, they, they threw for like under 200 yards passing, like significantly under an average, like 13 points per game. And so it just makes me nervous coming in. I, I do think, you know, obviously Phil, you know, Jerkovich and, and Zay Flowers are both, they're both like really talented guys that are going to play on Sundays. So that, that makes a big difference. But I think overall, I mean, these aren't guys that I was already – I wasn't drafting them last year, the year before. Um, and so they're not guys that I'm all of a sudden going to start drafting this year with an OC that, that I'm not a huge fan of. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You know, and uh, the one thing I do like about the situation, though, is that the uh, the head coach, Jeff Halfley, he was, uh, he was the defensive backs coach at Ohio State prior to coming over here to mm -hmm. Boston College. And so we know the Boston College is going to have a solid defense. He was mm -hmm. uh, he was highly sought after because um, he's he's quite the mind and he and he plays a hand in in the, in that defense and uh, and so you know uh, Tim Tim Lakabu is the defensive coordinator, but but Halfley, I mean he's gonna he's gonna ensure that uh, that offense is on the field quite a bit, and, and so I do like that aspect. I think. I think mm -hmm. Yurkovich, I, I don't think it's fair to, to cross him off the, the list of having NFL potential. I think, I think he's still, he, he's dropped down my Debbie ranks, but at the same time, um, we're talking, you know, he's a guy that put up 18.9 uh, 
fantasy points per game two years ago. And, and that was, that was his first taste of, of starter action. So um, the pit, the potential is there uh, to do, uh, to do better things. So, um, you know, and, and then, and then he, he was decent, you know, he's not, he, as far as his reading coverage is, it's not, it's not exceptional. So we'll have to, we'll have to see some improvements. Let's move on to running backs. So it's a, it's a, it's pretty much a one horse race here with Pat Garwa the third. And he looked, he actually looked really good with Yurkovich uh, on the mend or, or, mm-hmm. or out, I should say. So uh, I, I do like him. And then there's a youngster on the team that, that I've got my eye on that. Yeah. I know he's smaller than somebody that you like, but you know, I, I, uh, I, there's there's a certain exception I'll make to uh, to guys as long as as long as they check uh, uh, the box of, of being a decent receiver. I think he can do that as well, and that's uh, Alex Broom. So, what are your thoughts mm. on these two guys? Yeah, uh, I mean, I think Pat Garwo is one of those guys that uh, he's pretty. He, he's not going to like blow you away with any one trait, um, but he's solid and he's consistent, right? Like. Looking back at last year, and he, like you said, he was he was really solid without um, Yurkovich, and I mean he he had a thousand yards rushing and seven touchdowns, which you you know I think if you just look at one or two games, you're like I don't see that guy being a thousand yard rusher, but at the end of the year he did he did that, so that's impressive. Um, so I, yeah, I do think Garwo is somebody that you could consider later in drafts. Um, and honestly, with Alex Bruma, I just haven't looked at him enough. Um, I know they have another guy that they liked a lot in the past, Xavier Coleman. I don't know if he's still doing stuff there or not. But, um, but yeah, I have to look more into to Alex Broom personally. Okay, good deal. So let's move on to the wide receivers. And, you know, it's, 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 there's, there's not a lot of options here to get that excited about. Uh, but the one that, that we can get excited about is uh, Zay Flowers. And, you know, I guess, I guess it's a situation where, you know, you've already made it clear that, that, you know, you're not, you're not really into uh, the offensive coordinator. So that probably means that you're pro that you're likely out on Zay Flowers at his ADP. Is that correct? Yeah, definitely at his ADP. I mean, you're talking about a, when you talk about Bo Melton at Rutgers, uh, on the last podcast. And this is a guy that got him, you know, 30 catches one year. And I think it was like 25 catches the other year. And so, and that's a guy that's a, you know, a fringe NFL guy. Um, and Zay Flowers is much more talented, I think, than Bo Melton. Um, but I would have liked Zay Flowers a lot more on the the Miami Hurricanes, who we'll talk about later, <laughs> who offered him like a six seven dollars $700,000 um, NIL deal and he turned it down. So on the plus side for Zay Flowers, if he turned that money down, then they must have been promising just a massive target share. And so maybe that's, you know, an upside on a Zay Flowers. Um, but yeah, I would have liked him a lot more in the Hurricanes than, than on the, uh, the Boston College Eagles. Yeah, so you know they they finished six and six overall last year, and that that was that was pretty disappointing. And I think part of that is is they're you know they're 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 trying to get back to uh, you know, putting. I mean, because they finished six and five the year prior, so the, the, mm-hmm. there was the potential going in out. You know, his first year, uh, Jeff Halfley as 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 the head coach, and I think that's why they replaced the offensive coordinator. So with that in mind, I don't think Halfley is going to put up with a, a stagnant offense. 
I think he's going to want to see some points scored. I think the only way that, that you know, uh, Garwo's good, but I don't think he's like – he's not dynamic. He doesn't catch the ball. Yeah. So uh, I, the, the, in order to get this offense going, it's going to have to go through uh, Zay Flowers. And, um, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm, I'm chasing him and, you know, as uh, he's going higher than I want him to go. And, mm-hmm. but, you know, at the same time, I, I, uh, I have him ranked in the, I believe in the top 40. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, he, it, it's, it, and he is making $233,000 this year. So, um, that's quite a bit of money devoted to a player. And, uh, so I think he's going to be their, their primary guy. Uh, two years ago, mm-hmm. he put up 19.2 fantasy points per game. And uh, uh, that that's pretty impressive, and and he's got some NFL potential. So we'll see. The only other guy that I want to that I want to uh, talk about here is Notre Dame transfer George Tackett's, and mm-hmm. uh, you know he comes over t- with McNulty, and, and so I, I I get I get the feeling that he's going to play a featured role here. Um, you know we don't have anything to really go on as far as uh, you know uh, he's he's been on Notre Dame forever. You know four years now. And, uh, you know, so it's, uh, and, and I was looking at his college or his high school numbers. They weren't all that great, but, uh, so do you, are you, ex- are, are you looking at, at Tackett's anywhere or, um, are you just, you know, uh, you know, outside of the deepest of leagues or are you just kind of not that interested? Yeah. I mean, I think in two tight end, uh, where it's a tight end premium league, he's definitely something I'm looking at as a tight end to later in drafts. Um, I've got I've got a few shares of them, and again I think it's because you see I mean John McNulty right came from being the tight ends coach at Notre Dame so he know he knew who he was getting when he was bringing in George, um, and then this is traditionally uh, BC is a place that that features uh, their their tight end at least the last couple of years so I think they'll continue that with McNulty and so if there's one guy on this. This team that I do have shares of, it's it's George. Okay, good deal. All right, moving on to Clemson, and we have one of the probably the most disgusting quarterback controversies <laughs> in all of college football because Ugalele, uh, you know, he came out his first three games for Clemson. I was all in. I thought he looked great. Um, thankfully, I wasn't able to get him anywhere. I know in uh, in the, the ICD that were the league that we're in, the dynasty. Uh, Bainbridge had the pick ahead of me. He ended up taking DJU and I got Bryce Young second. And and I was, I'm pretty happy with that choice. And uh, yeah, so DJU, man, he looks bad. So bad. Good in the red zone, nowhere else. And he's got a, he's got a blue chipper, Cade Klubnik that I want to see take the field pretty bad. Cause after Drew Alar, he's, he's my, he's my QB two of the 22 class. And uh, so, I mean, chime in here because this is uh, this is a, a just a disgusting situation for Clemson because we're so used to, to them being competitive. Yeah, to be honest, this reminds me a lot of Oklahoma last year, uh, where it's pretty evident that Spencer Rattler wasn't putting up the numbers in Lincoln Riley's offense that past quarterbacks had. Uh, except this is worse <laughs> because DJU. I mean, I, I just think. To me, it looks like it's a mental thing with him, almost like Marco Fultz, if you remember him back in the day. He's the number one pick for the Philadelphia 76ers. And um, his shot just got broke, and he couldn't figure it out. He had to go to a sports psychologist and all this stuff. And um, 
and it really ruined his career. And I think with DJU, there's something going on in his head where I think when just the lights come on, he just kind of uh, paralysis by analysis going on. So I think he's going to get replaced pretty quickly here, even in the spring game. Uh, Klubnik just looks so much better. And you could tell they're like Clemson usually in spring games, uh, the defense isn't allowed to to uh, to blitz or anything like that. And they brought the house on like every play. It was like playing Madden, <laughs> watching them go after these quarterbacks. And Klubnik, man, he was <laughs> – he was throwing off his back foot. He was, you know, running for his life and he was throwing dimes and it was pretty incredible to watch. And so Klubnik is my QB one in the the 2022 class. And so uh, I'm just over the moon excited about this guy. Um, and I, I'm just a huge fan. So I think he comes in by week two or three and really takes over. And I think he's special um, in the same ways that, that Caleb Williams is special. Um, not the same. They don't win the same ways, but just kind of that, that it factor to their game. And so I'm, I'm a huge Klubnik fan. I'm excited to see what happens there, but I'm really disappointed that DJU didn't work out because everything on paper and everything we saw in that Notre Dame game and those first few games were just incredible. But I don't know. I think he's going to have to transfer and figure it out somewhere else. No question. And, you know, I, I was I watched. There's a video out there. Uh, Max Preps put it out on Twitter between Justin Fields and Ugalele, where they're having a, a contest to see who throw the ball further. And Justin Fields yeah. he throws it 90 yards, and then and then Ugalele throws it out of the out of the uh, the back of the end zone. Sure. I mean, he, he's got a cannon, and uh, you know, and he's he's massive, six four, two fifty. A lot of fun. Reminds he has got the size of a of a Ben Roethlisberger, even bigger. And, you know, but, you know, I'm shocked that, that Klubnik, he's, he's, he's barely getting drafted. I, I'm really shocked about that. Yeah. Um, you know, and I get, I get DJU. He won a couple of state titles and then, you know, he looked like we were, like we've already said, he, he looked really good when he came in for, for Lawrence when, when he had COVID and, but, you know, it's, he's out. Klubnik's, Klubnik looked better, I think, on, on his high school tape. And, yeah. uh, and so, uh, yeah, not much else to talk about there. Moving on to running back and, and we do not have a controversy here. We have Will Shipley who I am all in on and Debbie. And then, you know, I've got him, got him really high in my CFF ranks and, uh, uh, pretty, as long as he can stay healthy, right. He had that MCL yeah. sprain last year and you know, we don't want to see that. And then, uh, you know, he's a, he's the kind of guy that, that I mean, he can do it all. And when you say, when you say multidimensional, he's also he's also good in the in the uh, the red zone or you know inside the five at, at doing that little Tim Tebow. Of, of course, that's that's the wrong reference. That's the modern day reference. You have to go back <laughs> further to 1950s football to find the the true um, origin of the Tebow you know pass uh, the jump pass. But yeah, yeah. He, he does that for him and. Uh, you know, he, he checks every box for me. Uh, he was, he was a beast in 2019. I like Kobe pace, but uh, pace and, and, and everyone else on the roster they're they're uh, way down the totem uh, to Shipley. And I'm, I'm pretty sure you agree with me. Correct. Yeah. This reminds me a little bit of a, of a poor man's Ohio state uh, situation where Kobe Pace is not bad, right? He's like kind of their Mayan Williams and produces when he's on the field. But Shipley's special. 
And I think what's so interesting about Shipley is that he's a guy that, I mean, he's not the biggest guy yet. And he's got, I think he's going to be able to add, add some mass, but he's a good runner between the tackles um, for a guy that's only 200 pounds. And, and he's so dynamic out of the backfield. I'm, I'm with you. I really, really, really like Shipley. Um, I do wish he was healthy this off season. So we'd have seen him a little bit more this spring, but I mean, everything we saw last year was incredible. I got lots of shares of him in dynasty. Um, and then I got some shares this year when I can get him when he can fall into the fourth round or so, but Shipley, oh. man, he's gonna be fun. Yeah. And I like Moffa as well. So, I mean, th- yeah. it's, there's, uh, a good there's three, three good running backs there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, let's move on and um, let's talk about the wide receivers. And, you know, uh, the only thing that's going to hold these wide receivers back is outside of DJU is uh, is, is injury because we got Bo Collins and we have uh, EJ Williams dealing with, with you know, different uh, levels of injury. So, uh, you know, we, we definitely want to see them on the field. And so Frank Ladson's no longer around, of course, um, you know, uh, it's 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 a situation. Justin Ross isn't there as well, so quite a few targets to go around. I really like Bo Collins, and I think I think I'm ahead of the industry on him, um, and I'm fine with that. Uh, I I think he's a he's a guy that's gonna that's gonna surprise a lot of people, and I like EJ Williams as well. You know, he may not be uh, he may not have the massive ceiling of of former Clemson wide receivers, but I, but I think he's solid. I think he's um, but you know it's just about his health, right? And then we have, we have Ngata. Yeah. We have Ingata there, who's probably who who could go into the you know week one as the as the number one guy if if Collins isn't back, and then we have some some pretty good uh, true freshmen between Antonio Williams and Adam Randall. So, um, what are your thoughts in this rotation? Yeah, I mean, I think <clears throat> I think this is a talented core, right? And it's just about who's going to step up. Is it, like you said, is it going to be Bo? Is it going to be Ingata? Um, even like a guy like you didn't mention him, but, uh, Dakari Collins last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like he stepped up at times when there's injuries and he was, <laughs> he was a really good possession receiver, right? Like it's not, he wasn't dynamic, but man, he ran routes and he's really big. He's six foot four, two twenty, So he was, he was hard to stop. He presented a big target for a guy like DJU who wasn't the most accurate guy. Um, but then you have Antonio Williams coming in. As a true freshman, he's going to raise the floor on this receiving core. And then Adam Randall, if he did not tear his ACL, that guy was balling out in the spring. And a guy that runs a 10-9, 100 um, at six foot three, and I think he's like 220 at this point. I think he's already gained a bunch of weight. And so, uh, but he's supposed to even be back by October uh, from the ACL injury. So, um, yeah, this this whole core, I'm I'm really excited about the the potential of these guys if you put a guy like Kate in there um, exactly who's, who's going to unlock this offense in my opinion yeah th- so we got to throw that qualifier in there we're not talking about DJU we've already saw we've already seen that the DJU is a, a 200 passing yards and a, and one touchdown guy that we just cannot trust and and when he's the starter man there's only going to be like one receiver that's going to be usable in this offense. And if it's, if Collins is healthy, it's probably going to be him. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, we need, we need Klubnik in there to, to really to get the most out of these receivers. And it, it'll be such a shame. Like I, I really like Antonio Williams. I'm, I'm excited about him. 
um, particularly uh, just looking back at his numbers. I mean, Adam Randall had some good high school numbers as well. I think these are two very good additions. Um, Collins, I think I was reading that because of the injuries and and different things, they're using him on special teams a lot. So I think his role is going to be spread out a little bit, which I think it's Mm. a little too much for him. Because looking at his high school numbers, I mean, they 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 really didn't pop out like as a guy that that was ready for this. I think he they should have just kept him at receiver and 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 let him work on that. But yeah. uh, we'll see how it goes. Um, you know, and then you know what what really what really uh, sticks with me is that they have Brandon Spector listed as a the starting slot. Like, go ahead, get that guy right. in there. Come on, right. We need one of these, one of these, uh, these big time playmakers in there. But anyway, let's move on to yeah. tight end because there are, there are, there is a little bit of talent there. So some people are on Davis Allen. I'm not one of those guys. Um, I, I've seen a lot of Davis Allen, and I've not been, I've not been that impressed. I know he's got a little bit of, of athleticism, but a guy I like is Burning Stool. I think he's, uh, his, he was good there late in the year. I mean, when you see a true freshman out there catching passes. You know, it, it, it definitely stands out to me that that that's something you don't see very often. And uh, and Burning still has got a he's got some talent, man. I think he's going to play on Sundays uh, and, and not just as a possession receiver. He was he was catching deep balls, you know, so um, I think he's somebody that uh, that that you definitely go after in a in, in dynasty. But then also Debbie. But yeah, I, I mean, real quickly, what do you think about Burning still? Yeah, I mean, uh, one of the things that stuck out to me was in the spring game. I think he played with Klubnik, and, and Klubnik, uh, he targeted him quite a bit. So I think if we're projecting Klubnik to take over, you could see some chemistry there for sure. So Absolutely. I like his talent for sure more than Allen as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's, let's move on to Duke and, you know, we've got, we've got some, some exciting changes here for the Blue Devils. Um, you know, uh, Cutcliffe, he's retired and, you know, he had a, he had a very good career, put some, put some players in the NFL. So, um, definitely no, uh, no, you know, not going to be looking back in mm-hmm. regret there. I mean, that's, that was, that's quite impressive. And especially for Duke, which it was basically a joke in football. But now that we have, uh, we have Elko in there and then, and then he brought on Kevin Johns as his offensive coordinator from Memphis. Um, that I mean, this this is turning it. This is going to be an air raid slash really spread out and detached spread offense, you know. And so this is going to create a lot of uh, interesting uh, scenarios in fantasy. And so, but the first the first hurdle that we have to get over is who's going to play quarterback. And I was looking over the, over the college, the high school numbers. I keep saying that the high school numbers and um, a, a guy that I think is, uh, is, is quite interesting is Jordan Moore. Uh, mm-hmm. He's got some, he's got some dual threat ability. He's uh 104.7 elusive rating. Now, of course it's not on a ton of snaps, but the, you, you miss forcing missed tackles is, is not something that you can fake um, in the numbers and, and, you know, working through contact, things like that. And so, um, you know, put up 31 points per game in 2019, 21 as a senior uh, in 2020, but it was a shortened season. So uh, this is a guy I definitely want him in the in the starting lineup over Riley Leonard. But at the same time, Riley Leonard may be better for the air raid. So right. what are your thoughts here? Yeah, I think it's one of those things where I, I think you're hitting the nail on the head with the issues here. <laughs> Jordan Moore is so dynamic with the ball in his hands, right? And even in the spring game, he had like 90 yards rushing. And 
Um, but Riley Leonard seems like he's the better fit for this system. If you look at past Kevin Johns quarterbacks, you know, you're talking about Alan Bowman, Brady White, Seth Hennigan, Josh, uh, John Wasnick. <laughs> it's like all these guys, Nate Sudfield, like they are pocket passers, right? And that seems to be what Riley Leonard is. Moore is like very inconsistent as a passer. Um, I don't even know if he hit 50% completion percentage but I think what's going to happen this year is they're going to play both of them and that's a problem in CFF so but I think long term honestly I think Riley Leonard unless Jordan Moore can take a big step as a passer Riley Leonard is the better fit for this system um, personally yeah so Riley Leonard he completed 60% of his passes he averaged 21.9 air yards per game so far over on his 80 dropbacks. And then with Jordan Moore, he's at 4.1 air yards per game. So yeah, it, it, it's not a situation where we have a Caleb Williams here with Jordan Moore. I will say that I think he's, uh, he, if we see some improvements as a passer, I would much rather see Jordan Moore in the, yeah. in the lineup from a CFF pers- perspective, but you're right. It, it's, it's not even close when it comes to looking at what these guys have done um, you know, it's just the, it's, it's, it's really does, is, is Raleigh Leonard the guy, or are we going to be dipping even lower and, and Luca Diamant or something, you know? So as long right. as we can get the quarterback situation uh, figured out though, we have some value uh, at wide receiver, but before we go there, let's, let's quickly touch on, on the running backs. And um, there's a, a guy that, that I, that I really like here and, and nobody's drafting and that's uh, Jordan Waters. Um, he, uh, he was, he was really good in college, put up 32 points, college, high school at 32 (laughs) points per game in 2018 as a senior. And then, you know, he, he, he was sitting behind Durant and, and just waiting for his turn, but he looked, he looked good from what I saw in the games. Um, he's put up 1.15 yards per route run and 87.4 elusive rating. I love those numbers. Uh, you know, so I think I think with an expanded role, this is a it's a deep sleeper right here, and and he's not a little guy, six one two ten. So, what are your thoughts? And then you know they do have the 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 true freshman Eric Weatherly, and and he look, he's he looked okay, just not nearly the upside that that Water showed in high school. Yeah, I mean, I think it's also interesting. Here's what's interesting. So, I've been doing a little bit of a deep dive with Phil Steele and his magazine. And looking at depth charts and then which coaches he talked to. Um, and one of the coaches he talked to was Mike Elko from Duke, the new coach. And um, he, and Phil Steele has Terry Moore, who's an athlete designation true freshman, as the starting running back. Cool. And um, so it's just an interesting thing to me because he interviewed him right after the spring game too. And Terry Moore played you know, pretty decently in the spring game. And so I'm, and, and none of, like, I, I've looked at Athlon and Phil Steele, and neither of them have Jordan, Jordan uh, Waters listed as the starter. So I'm just really, I'm a little bit confused because I, I'm with you. Jordan Waters looked like he was a capable replacement. Um, not going to put up Durant numbers, but capable replacement. And yet he's not listed at the starter anywhere. And I don't know if that means he's in the doghouse or what. Um, or if Terry Moore is just that good, but it was interesting to see. Well, I will say this in my database, I have Terry Moore listed at 185 pounds and he's six foot one. Yeah. 
if he is the starter, um, yeah, that BMI is going to be is going to come into play <laughs> right. playing in the ACC, and uh, so that that's my concern there. I think I think it has to be some type of uh, of a. Uh, uh, either a doghouse or he was injured. And, you know, it, that's just the way Elko uh, references his starter is just the guy that's pl- actually playing. I don't know. Yeah. But it's that a weird be, thing. Yeah. That would be a massive surprise. If Terry Moore right. went into this. If he did, if, if so, uh, he's somebody that we, we probably need to consider not a lot of uh, information out there at this point. So, um, definitely something to keep an eye on, but let's look at the wide receivers and that yeah. that's where we're going to get our value from on this roster. And so one of the guy that, that obviously instantly stands out. And I think uh, is a guy that, that, you know, we, we've yet to see the best from, and that's Jalen Calhoun, um, probably mm-hmm. going to work on the inside and that's what the numbers tell us. And then in addition to that, um, he's been, he's been the, uh, uh, the most, productive from a per target and a per route basis, which is most important to me. And, uh, you know, I, like I said, we've not seen the best from him yet. And uh, I'd like to see some more of that more deep passing to him. I'd like to see him work a little bit on the outside as well, because he's played 99% of his snaps yeah. in the slot. But I think in college football, you don't need to play guys primarily in the slot. You can move them around because you're going to get some good matchups on the outside as well. So what are your thoughts here? Yeah, I would love to see them move them to the outside as well. I mean, you look at Kevin John's past wide receivers. I'll give you his last four number ones. You have Antoine Wesley, 1,410 yards. DeMonte Coxey, uh, 1,276. And then you have Calvin Austin, thousand and then 1149 this last year you're talking about guys that have averaged over the last four years they're averaging 18 fantasy points per game his wide receiver one now unfortunately all those guys are outside wide receivers um and so but i think kevin johns is good enough to adjust to his talent so whether that means moving calhoun to the outside who's bigger than calvin austin who played on the outside at memphis um I would love to see them feature him. He's definitely the number one wide receiver in that offense. And so I'm intrigued by Calhoun. I mean, he's a guy that um, I should be picking up more in the later, later end of drafts as a, as just a, as someone to take, take a shot on with Kevin Johns as the OC here. Oh, absolutely. There's, you know, there's so many of those guys that I, I want stock in at the end of my drafts and that I forget about, you know. And so yeah. I, what I've been trying to do is I've been trying to track um, the the best players available in each of my drafts. And so that I, I keep a better gr- uh, grap- uh, grasp on that. And I feel like I'm doing I'm doing a lot better job of that now because, you know, you and I, we get into as many drafts as we as, as we get invited to. Right. So right. we're trying to maximize our earning potential and 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 so we can we can get caught up in into a routine at least I know I yep. can yep. of drafting certain players at certain spots and then I forget about I'm like oh what what was I thinking you know I yep. I, I want to trade I want to trade on Smith in that at, in that range and I forgot all about him you know and 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 you can do that in college but it's okay because in college you can use so many different strategies to win and then also you do have the benefit of you if you make a mistake in the draft you can you can clean it up in uh in, with the waiver wire as long as it's not a best ball but i will say this um and and one of my strategies 
when I'm when I'm evaluating true freshmen is that when there's a, a coaching change like this where the entire group is is eliminated and and replaced um, or or you know retires and and Cutcliffe's right. situation what the 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 first recruiting class that 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 new um, uh, regime brings in I, I definitely want to pay attention and two guys here that that stand out Makai Wall and Jaden Watkins um, definitely dynasty we're talking dynasty uh, college here but. Uh, these are guys that we definitely want to keep. Um, we want to keep a track on because uh, they could move up quickly. Because obviously, this this new um, this new regime, they 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 like these guys and they brought them in and and you know they're they're essentially their their top two um, guys. But you know, smaller names. Just just wanted to throw them out there. And then um, you know, we've a lot of good tight ends have come from Duke. You know, Noah Gray is 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 one that comes to mind. Actually worked with another one that play that uh, I worked with another one that play that played at Duke when I was at uh, PFF, but uh, you know so we don't really have a whole lot of that here. It looks like Ni- Nikki Dow Mullen is is going to be the starter, but I- I'm not buying into it. Uh, we'll see. Um, you know, not really a whole lot there to look to look at from his history. But let's move on. Let's go to uh, Florida State. Um, and at quarterback, we have uh, we have two guys I'm, I'm interested in here at Florida State. Uh, everyone is, and, and some guys like him a lot more than I do. It's Jordan Travis. <laughs> I, he's yeah. a good college quarterback. He is. Sure. He really is. He just stopped the narrative that he's going to play in the NFL. Okay, oh, yeah. this guy does not have an NFL arm. He's not even going to get. If anything, he'll be a wide receiver. He's right. not going to be an NFL quarterback. Um, you know, and, and I don't mean you, Josh. I just mean yeah, yeah. The, the the FSU coaches just stop it. Nobody's right. listening. And if we're talking arm talent, let's look at the backup or who will eventually be the the backup, AJ Duffy, who I I, right. I like quite a bit. Um, so, what are your thoughts on these two guys? Yeah, I mean, I think Jordan Travis, as far as like what what you want from a uh, a college quarterback, I mean, he's got it right. In uh, in the words of Scott Barry, he's a Konami code type quarterback just great dual threat um has improved as a passer um but he's you know he's like his fourth year and he's still pretty raw and um anyways i i like jordan travis in uh in in um in redraft best ball leagues he's my 46th ranked quarterback unfortunately there's people that are just they're drafting the seventh eighth round of drafts and it's just way too high way too high for a guy that's got great variance. I mean, honestly, could he have a good floor? Yeah. But he also he also could be replaced by AJ Duffy midway through the year. And that that's a reasonable thing that could occur because AJ Duffy's good. And if this is a like FSU staff, I don't know how much job security that they have if they don't try to go young. If they don't, if they don't come off the gate and they're, if they come out of the gate and they're two and four, like they need to look to the future, and that's AJ Duffy. Um, and uh, they've show, they've already shown they don't really trust Jordan Travis, so they wouldn't have brought in Mackenzie Milton a couple of years ago, and they they've reluctant, reluctantly handed over the keys to him. And anyways, I, I I'm not sure the staff is fully sold on Jordan Travis, and. I, I could see a, a scenario in which AJ Duffy comes in and replaces him midway through the year, to be quite honest. I, I couldn't agree more. And and let's also throw in that Travis has a quite a bit of an injury history as well. 
Uh-huh. I remember the Notre Dame game is probably might might be one of his best games of his career, and yeah. uh, you know, and he left that game with in, with injury late, you know, and it was it was like we had to, you know, we play a lot of college DFS, so we're we're aware of all the game time decision deals with him, and you know, he he takes a lot of uh, he takes a lot of pounding running the ball like he does, and. Um, yeah, which again, is not going to translate to the NFL. It would not surprise me one bit if you are right. And AJ Duffy is the starter by years in. So let's, let's move on to running back. And I might kind of sabotage you a little bit here because yeah. I have a, um, a, a belief here that, that I don't think I've discussed with you before. And it's, it's just, I, I just keep reading reports on the guy and it just, it just is starting to sound like Trey Benson. It's going yep. to be the starting running back at Florida State. Yeah. And nobody's drafting him. Nobody. Mm-hmm. This is a guy that we want to have our eyes on. Um, apparently, it's not even close who the best running back here in this backfield is. Now, DJ Williams, he's gone. He transferred out. Of, he transferred. He picked somebody, though, didn't he? Arizona, right? Yeah, DJ Williams went to Arizona, so he's out. I do like Trayshawn Ward, but I think he's going to be kind of the the change of pace guy, even though he's mm-hmm. he's one hundred ninety five pounds. Trey Benson six one two fifteen. Yeah, um, and I, and I also throw this in there: what was Destin Coates thinking coming to Florida State? <laughs> oh no, you're going to be riding the bench, the P five bench. Oh my, Dope Campbell, I don't know. You had a starting job like locked up at Georgia State. What were you thinking? I mean, right. look, you, if you've got the talent and you've got the athleticism, you can. The NFL has shown that you can stay in the group of five, and they'll still take take notice of you. Right? You just have to right. do well at your pro day. This was not a good move for you, Destin. You're going to be sitting on the bench, and you're not going to be able to add to that tape. But what are your thoughts on Trey Benson here? And and I and I, I'm just going to say I, I love I love Trayshawn Ward, but this is just not good. It doesn't sound good for him. Yeah, I mean, and I saw the same reports you did, and I think Trey Benson uh, is is certainly a guy. He's got talent, and I think he's come over, and like you said, in the spring ball, like he's definitely shown himself to be uh, the number one running back. And so, and I think, you know, being 215, he's a little bit bigger. He can handle a workload, um, like you said, more than Treshawn Ward. So I'm intrigued. I mean, I think overall, though, like FSU, the offensive line is a mess. Like, I I just don't, I don't know what Mike Norvell's doing. It's hard for me to really get excited about this offense when there's so much just dysfunction within the team. And so, but Trey Benson's a guy, like you said, if there's a guy to take a shot on in this offense, it's certainly Jordan Travis. Um, if you can get him in the teens as a quarterback um, and Trey Benson would be number two for me um, in this offense of the guys that you, you should consider. And you can get Trey Benson, like you said, you can get him round 20, you know, it's a best ball. You can get him in, in the twenties and, um, and then in redraft, you can, you can either get him as a, your last pick, or you can get him off the waiver wire the first week after he goes off. So, yeah. So I will say that Alex Atkins is the new offensive coordinator. He was the offensive line coach for them. So I'm hoping that often they, they make some improvements in the offensive yeah. lines. We'll see. We'll see. Um, and I know they brought in a couple of guys out of the transfer portal. So I'm hoping that uh, it's, it's, you know, I, I 
honestly, it's like you said, I can pick up Trey Benson. You know, I mean, we're in, we're in uh, uh, best balls and like that go to 35 rounds. So um, you can pick up Benson in the, you know, 30 plus rounds because nobody wants him. For me, that's a steal for, it's a decent offense. I'm not, I'm not going to like feature. I'm not going to, you know, draft him as one of my featured guys, but anyway, let's move on to wide receiver and a lot of transfers here. So, uh, you know, if you listen to the spring reports, which I'm not, Deuce Span has been unguardable. I'm I'm not buying <laughs> into that as much. I don't have any of these guys ranked high. If I'm going to pick one guy and I moved him up, he's he's up above the other guys. I like Pike, Micah Pittman actually. I think I think um, you know if if they had if they had AJ Duffy, I'd be more interested in him. But the guy that I that I like here is uh, Jakai Douglas. They moved him back to wide receiver, so he's going to play out of the slot. And he's a guy mm-hmm. that can create his own offense. He doesn't need Jordan Travis to to air it out to him. And and so you know, and then he he's he's also got the potential to take some some carries. It's just it, to me, he's a waiver wire guy though. And 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 if if that's the guy that I want the most out of the offense, then that just kind of explains it right there. Are you with me on this, or is there somebody that stands out? Yeah, I mean, I think if you have a guy like Jakai Douglas who can play the um, the Tony Pollard role, you know, in the offense or what Kenny Gainwell did for a little bit in the Memphis offense. I'm referencing Memphis because that's where Mike Norvell came from. But if there's a guy that can do that, it's Ja'Kai Douglas, right? Like, and that's what you're, you're, you're describing with him moving back to receiver. So I, I could definitely see he's the guy that would be most intriguing to me as well because Micah Pittman, I mean, I think he's been the de facto number one come out of camp, but man, like, he had so many opportunities to prove it at Oregon. He just got passed up by young re- young receivers <laughs> every year. So, yeah, I'm I'm pretty out on on him. And again, this passing game with Jordan Travis is going to have to be a guy like Ja'Kai Douglas. It's going to create his own. Um, it's not going to be Jordan Travis. You know, they're, they're no. not going to be relying on his arm talent. I guess is what it I'm will not. Say. No. And then at tight end, we have Cameron McDonald. And again, we really need, we really need AJ Duffy in there to even give him any consideration whatsoever. So let's move on to Georgia tech. And it's a Georgia tech, you know, (laughs) that is, it doesn't have his best, best player anymore. Uh, You know, maybe it's, maybe it's good for Jeff Sims. We'll see. Uh, They did add, you know, I'm going to butcher this name. Tysoon. Famakana. I don't yeah. know. And yeah. you know, he, the Clemson transfer, we'll see, but he did, I I'm I'm going to go ahead and say he's not going to offer the the sexy legs of Jeff Sims who I think is it's it's his job and we you know, I he still he he still needs to make some improvements with his arms, but man, the guy the guy has averaged uh, 18 and and almost 20 fantasy points per game in the last two years. Um, yeah, I mean, it would be a major upset to see Sims just, uh, you know, supplanted as the starter. So what are your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, the other guy that people are considering here is Zach Gibson who transferred in from Akron Yeah, yeah. at quarterback. I just don't see that. Um, he was good. Think, he was good at Akron. Yes, he was, yes. but this isn't Akron. This isn't Akron. And I think if you're talking about maximizing the potential of this offense, it's Jeff Sims, right? I mean, he was a, premier recruit coming in two years ago for um jeff collins and uh well let's just say this if there's anybody other than sims that's starting at quarterback sometime this year then 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 collins is fired by the end of the year so um 
Yeah, because Jeff, Jeff Sims is the guy. He's the most, the most dynamic guy in this offense. He's the one that can give them the potential to win games that they shouldn't win. So I, I'm I'm out on any other guy than Jeff Sims. And I would, I would because of his – he is dynamic with the ball in his hands. Um, he's a guy that I, I take shot, shots on late in draft for sure because he's got upside of, you know, somehow he, un, he unlocked everything. He's averaging – 25 to 30 fantasy points per game. So, and nobody else in that roster is going to do that. If I'm, if I'm not mistaken, you, you are taking shots on him. Cause I saw you draft. Oh him. yeah. 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 I probably got, you know, I've done 25 to 30 drafts. I probably got 10 shares of them at least. I mean, yeah. Yeah. He's the type of upside pick that I like later in drafts where I'm just trying so- to crack home runs. The only so Sims, yeah, his arm. We need to see it develops. We can't trust any of the wide receivers. No, I honestly I can't remember a tight end that that has been relevant. But PJ Harris is moving from wide receiver to uh-huh. tight end. So if we do see some improvements from uh, from Sims, then I I think Sam uh, or uh, Harris has some uh, some intriguing athleticism. Um, you know, it, I like those wide receiver to to tight end and quarterback to tight end. Uh, transitions because it, you you get a little more athleticism into the position, but the the guy the guy I am on, um, but I he's he's not somebody that I picked up or anything, but right. I, I at least intended to is Dante Smith. Um, this guy had one ninety seven point three elusive rating, one point two one yards per route run, and it's not that small of a of a sample size. He's taken one hundred and eleven attempts during during his career. Um, and and he and he's uh, run seventy routes, so uh, we've got we've got an efficient guy here that that could be a, a deep sleeper and somebody to pick up at the very tail end of your drafts. I mean, is is that somebody that you considered, or or does does having uh, Dylan McDuffie, Hassan Hall, and then the the true freshman Antonio Martin, do, do, do they concern you? Yeah, well, I bet Chip Long wishes he had all these guys when he was at Tulane last year because it would have been a better fit for that offense. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, Dante Smith, I mean, he's a guy that when he's gotten on the field, right, he's produced. And I think there's something to be said about that. I'm not really taking a shot on any of these guys. I mean, I guess for me, it'd be Dylan McDuffie just because I've seen him produce a little bit more in college, even if it was at Buffalo. Um, but even Hassan Hall has intrigued intrigued me in the past with his speed, um, that he's got, he's not a great running back per se. Um, and so, and Dante Smith too, like he has, he, he has produced it just for me when a coaching staff brings in two other transfer running backs like that, it just makes me go, well, well did you just not see something in Dante Smith or you just needed the bodies, but these are, these aren't bad running backs that they brought in. And so, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know really what to do with that backfield because they're all, they're all kind of similar to me as far as talent level, if that makes sense. It does, but this is where you and what we rarely disagree on players, but when we do, it, it always comes back to the same thing. You are, you're looking at what the offensive coordinator is doing and what he's done in the past. And I'm yeah. always looking at the individual and, yeah. and, and that, I think it's a, we're, we're a good, we're a good pair in that regard right. because we bring different things to the table and we look at things from different ways. And, and for the most part, we usually end up at the same result. 
Yeah. And then every now and then we'll, we'll be off on a player and, you know, and, and McDuffie, he's being drafted way. I mean, he's actually being drafted, you know, yeah. but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I just look at the numbers and it's not even close between the talent level, but at the mm-hmm. same time, you look at the offensive coordinator and you know, and you're, you're looking at like, what is he doing? If he, if he's, if he's on Dante Smith, why is he bringing these guys in? I, just, I love it. I love it. I think it's, it's an, it's a, it's an opinion that needs to be brought up. So we'll see what happens. And, 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 and to just kind of drive the nail home, I'm not drafting Dante Smith. You can in right. the very end of your draft, nobody wants him, but uh, definitely somebody to at least keep an eye on, on the waiver wire. So let's move on from there, and uh, I think we can we can pretty much move on from Georgia Tech altogether because <laughs> there's really not much going on there. And and let's let's go to a very very interesting offense and one that we always are are looking at in fantasy, and that's Louisville. All right, and we've got. I mean, I don't care if you have him as the number two, three, four, wherever you have him uh, in your quarterback ranks, Malik Cunningham. He's he's a baller, man, and he's he's even he's got my interest for the NFL level as well. Mm-hmm. I know you love Malik Cunningham, so I'm not going to take steal any of your thunder here. So go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I think so. Malik Cunningham is my number one quarterback in uh, in CFF this year, and it's just because of his legs, right? I mean, like there's this guy has just produced crazy numbers over the last few years. Um, and even like, I mean, on the ground, he had 20 touchdowns last year, which there's probably a regression coming, but he also ran for a thousand yards. Um, and then this off season, they, they said, Hey, you can't run. You got to only pass the ball, uh, during spring ball. And so, um, you know, hopefully we'll see some improvements out of the passing game and, and with him there. Um, but this is a guy that put up, you know, 31.7 fantasy points per game last year. And so I'm expecting more of the same. I love his ceiling. Um, and you really can't go wrong. I mean, he's a guy that he's my number one, but he's really being taken more in the QB four or five range. And I've seen him drop into the third round. And I think if you can get him in the third round, he's a great value. So, um, yeah. Coming from the like, guy that just, just drafted Hendon Hooker, was it the second or the third? The third round. Yeah. The third round and you're killing and you're hating yourself for it. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm just going to break it to everybody. Josh hates drafting quarterbacks early. It, it, and the only other quarterback I've drafted in the third round is Malik Cunningham, and I got him at the very end of the third round. I was like, this is just too much to pass up on. So yeah. there yeah. you go. But, yeah, so Malik Cunningham, I mean, he's everything you want in a, a CFF quarterback, in my opinion, because he he'll run the mess out of the ball. All right, I'm just going to break it to you, man. Malik Cunningham's a good – he's good with his arm too. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, at reading coverages, he's the 11th best quarterback in the country. Wow. So this guy's got NFL talent, and I don't think enough people are talking about him. Now, I'm not I'm not going to move him up to the first round, mm-hmm. um, but he's I think he's a second round quarterback talent. Wow. Um, definitely a top 60 pick next year, I think. And uh, he's like Hendon Hooker. I think same deal with Hendon Hooker. Like you don't go to the SEC and throw what do you have 40 touchdowns and and a couple of interceptions. You don't do that. I don't care what offense you play in. You don't do that in the SEC unless you have serious coverage reading potential. And that's that's what we're seeing from Hooker. Malik does it a little bit differently because he doesn't have the the type of offensive talents or excuse me, wide receiver talents that 
that Cunningham, you know, Cunningham doesn't have that like Hendon Hooker. Um, but he's got some guys that we like. But let, before we get there, let's look at the running backs here. And um, uh, there are some good ones on this team. And I, I think I think we're going to we're, we're we've yet to see this play out because my guy's Tyon Evans. I love Tyon yeah. Evans. I am. I, I really think this guy's got an NFL future. The problem is, is he's got somebody named Trevion Cooley in front of him. I'm sorry, <laughs> Jalen Mitchell. You had your shot. You were good. You weren't great. You're not going to be the starter anymore, no matter what happens. And it's going to break down between Trevion Cooley, who looks like he's the starter right now, and Tyon Evans. And if Tyon Evans isn't the starter, I mean, this guy's got so much talent, I think he'll probably transfer out. So what are your thoughts here? Yeah, I'm a big Trevion Cooley fan. I mean, I probably I have the most shares of anybody uh, drafting right now. I think I have 15 shares out of the 25 drafts I've done. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, I love Trevion Cooley. I mean, he's had two beat writers this year say he's the breakout player for Louisville this year. And he's kind of been hidden because he didn't play in the spring game because of injury. And then Jalen Mitchell went off um, and Tyon Evans didn't play either. And so, uh, yeah, Cooley is a guy that you can get later in drafts. You can get him in the 20th round and He's a guy that, I mean, if you just look at the numbers in a Scott Satterfield offense for running backs, it's absolutely ridiculous. They average 17.1 uh, fantasy points per game overall. And, I mean, they had a 1,000-yard rushers, um, you know, pretty much every year except the last two years, which one was COVID and the other one was Jalen Mitchell. But before that, seven straight years, six straight years of, thousand yard rushers so uh and scott satterfield's offense so i'm excited about cooley if it's not cooley and it's evans then then evans is going to pop off because i'm i i do like evans talent quite a bit um and i was pretty pretty sad when he transferred to louisville because i thought cooley's shares were going to get blown up but it seems like cooley has stepped up and to the plate and has really kind of taken that next step and he gained some weight he's 210 pounds now um and that's a good weight good bmi five foot ten two ten good BMI for him as a running back to take on a, a pretty significant load. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to throw this out there. Tyon Evans is earning $215,000 this year hmm. and Trevion Cooley is earning 28,000. Now we don't know hmm. how NIL dollars and the impact of who takes the field is going to yeah. play out, but I'm going to tell you boosters are and 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 the, the people that are using these players to sponsor their products or to, to be, to represent their products are not going to be happy if the guy they're paying hundreds of thousands of dollars to are sitting on the bench. Right. And um, I, I think that's the case here with, with, I think Tyon and Cooley are going to split the backfield. And I hate to say that, but mm-hmm. cool. I mean, Evans looked really good for, uh, for Tennessee last year. I think, I think the reason he left is just because you, you know how that offense works. Right. They like to use multiple running backs and 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 he was he found himself in a in a 50-50 with Jabari Small. So right. if it is the case and he's going to be splitting this with Cooley, I don't think it's going to it's going to be uh bad news for you because I think Evans is going to leave. Um, yeah. I don't think he's going to stay. I think he came in here uh thinking I'm the I'm the top player on this team and if Cooley beats him out, I think he's out. So I think Cooley's going to be the guy uh 100%. I think Jalen Mitchell is just going to be a change of pace. So no concerns there. For me, I think we're going to see um, kind of like Bowman, Demarcus Bowman, how he left Florida, went to UCF. I think we're going to see Evans do the same thing. Um, yeah. These guys are just too talented to be playing, uh, you know, uh, spot roles. And right. Um, all right, let's move on quickly. Uh, our, our producer Ben doesn't want us making these really long, and he wants us to keep the information 
um, where we're, we're not giving you everything because we're giving away these podcasts for free, right? We want you to actually read our, uh, our, our conference <laughs> previews because we're putting a lot of work into them. So definitely don't just listen to this. You're getting a lot more with conference previews. Make sure you subscribe on, on our YouTube channel and on uh, Spotify. And then also, you know, definitely come to the site, man. We put in a lot of work for you. We, we're covering all the bases. I'm telling you, we're providing the the just coverage for college football fantasy for Devi for for college dynasty we're going to be providing everything for you like nowhere else in the industry and when college football blows up you're going to want us in your corner helping you out with your rosters but let's talk about this Louisville wide receiver room because we got some guys that I, I really like and yeah. and and it's not Braden Smith and it's not D Wiggins the Miami transfer <laughs> guys I like here. Uh, Amari Huggins Bruce, which you draft before I can get him anywhere. Yeah. And, and, and Tyler Hudson. I really like Tyler Hudson. That's a guy I've been able to pick up in several spots, but I also like Chance Morrow. I think he's going to move up quickly. True freshman mm. coming in. So what are your thoughts here on these guys? Yeah, I like all three of those. I mean, Amari Huggins-Bruce is a guy that I absolutely love, particularly in best ball, because I think he can have those monster weeks where he gets like four catches for 140 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, but Tyler Hudson, from you know, from all the reports, and I, I read a lot of Louisville because I'm so interested in Cooley uh, and, I mean, all these guys. And, uh, you know, Tyler Hudson's the guy that's come in, and he's an FCS transfer uh, had 1,300 yards receiving as the player of the year in his conference last year in Central Arkansas. And he's come in, and he's really made a seamless transition. Looks like the wide receiver won for more of a possession guy, but for Louisville. So I think you can draft Tyler Hudson and Mari Hudson's Bruce very late in your drafts, and I think one of them is going to hit um, Tyler Hudson probably more in redraft, Mari Hudson's Bruce in best ball. Um, but I like both of them, and I think – they're going to make Malik Cunningham that even that more dynamic, especially when you're talking about how good of a passer he's he's shown to be. Yeah, absolutely. And and then I, I do want to throw in so why I'm on Chance Morrow. He he scored the fifth most fantasy points per touch among high school wide receivers last year. Um, this is a guy that that is uh, I think that they brought him in for a reason. And I, I, I don't think they're going to let him go the whole season sitting on the sideline while the Malik, they're, they're getting the last year out of Malik Cunningham because Evan Conley, I don't think he's he doesn't have the same type of arm talent. So I think that they need to try to get Chance Morrow in there now um, if this team's going to do something. And this is their year. I think I think Satter, Satterfield needs Chance Morrow. But I completely agree. Amari Huggins-Bruce is, is, is an out, outstanding best ball. He's like Marquez Valdez-Scantling where he's um, – he's, he's, like setting records for the most 100 yard games with um, less than four receptions, you know, or four or less. And, and I mean, this guy, only thing I'm worried about with, with Huggins Bruce is like Satterfield, dude, don't lose this guy. Like you lost Tyler Harrell, you know, like right. get him on the field. He is not a backup. You know what I mean? That, that, that ticks me off because I like Louisville. I, I mean, I like all the, I like what's best for every team in the country. And I, I say that with the purest, of conscience. I really do. I, 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 you know, I, I grew up an Ohio state fan. I grew up in, I went to elementary school in Columbus, but I, I enjoy watching Michigan. Yes. I said it, Michigan, the team up North, I have no hate, but when they're playing Ohio state, yeah, I'm rooting against them. And I'm like, Oh, you suck. And you know, I, I, I buy into all that during the, the time, but the rest of the year, I just want to see good football. 
And I want to see guys like Amari Huggins-Bruce on the Huggins-Bruce on the field. I don't want to see him on the bench. Get him the ball. Don't don't let him transfer to Alabama. You know he's a good player, but Tyler Hudson, I think, yeah, he's the more consistent possession uh, game to game game to game guy. But anyway, let's move on. So at tight end, we have a really good tight. Well, uh, a really good, I guess, H back. I mean, I, I guess that's yeah. the best way we, we could describe Marshawn Ford because he's he's in that he's in that uh, uh, Oconquo, um Chigo Conquo size of 6'2", 240. So we're going to need to see an offense in the NFL, like kind of cater to him. Um, you know, cause he's probably gonna have to come out of the backfield some just too small to go up against these big, these big linebackers. So, um, uh, what are your thoughts on Marshawn Ford? I mean, he, he's put up some good numbers and, uh, you know, I, I have algorithms and all these other things, not things I really share because I just do them for fun, but they really like him. And Marshawn yeah. Ford, he's shown some potential. It just his numbers have gone down the last three years, but he was good in high school. So, what, what do you think about Marshawn Ford? Yeah, I mean, he's so talented, right? And I think his touchdown ratio and the amount of receptions he has is pretty high. He's had seven to six touchdowns the last two years, um, and so I, I think he's a guy that could be, you know, he's definitely the wide receiver three in this offense at this point as a tight end, and um, he's a guy that Emily Cunningham really likes in the red zone. It seems like. So I, I like Marshawn Ford. He's my tight end 13, but I would even he's a guy that I'd probably even draft higher than that because I think he's going to have a solid floor. And I think that's something you want at the tight end position. And you're going to have to draft him higher than that because the other people will. Right. Uh, but let, let's move on. Um, and we're going to get to I'm not even going to do it. Go ahead, Josh. Talk about the next team. Ha. We're going to talk about the Miami Hurricanes, uh, the team that I grew up loving and I still love myself. They're definitely my hometown squad. Uh, and so, but, yeah. but people, he's unbiased. He's only going to enter this with, with unbiased analysis. I trust, I trust that out of Josh as much as I trust it out of myself. So don't get that confused. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think this is an interesting offense, right? Cause they, you're bringing in a whole new offensive uh, coaching staff and you have Josh Gaddis coming in from Michigan and you know I think Tyler Van Dyke we saw him explode over the last like six games last year we had like 300 yards passing and three touchdowns in six straight games which is absolutely crazy and so if Lashley was coming back I mean this guy is probably a top 10 quarterback Um, but here we are we have Gaddis who had Cade McNamara last year (laughs) and so you know, was it a McNamara problem or is it a Gaddis problem? I think that's the real question. Um, but Tyler Van Dyke, for me, you know, I have him probably higher than most in the industry. I have, a, I have him as a top 15 quarterback, but I, you can get him in the 11th, 12th, 13th round of your drafts, which is nice. I think value for a guy that um, very, you know, he could only put up 21, 22 fantasy points per game, but he's also got the ceiling to put up in the 26, 27 points a game uh, range. So Tyler Van Dyke, you know, he's a future NFL quarterback, right? Like he's first round, first round pick potentially next year and uh, can make all the throws. But the question is, is what will he do in CFF for me? What about you? Yeah. So there is no question in my mind that Tyler Van Dyke is going to be one of the top, top five picks in the 23 draft. That's how much I like him. I think he's uh, he's not that far off, and um, his ceiling is right up there with Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. Um, and that that if I'm saying that, then you know yeah. I am very high on this guy. And uh, so uh, you don't want to sleep on this guy. I think 
uh, you know, he doesn't offer the, the little legs. He's not, he's a big dude, you know, and I thought, I thought he was a little too lanky when he was coming out. So I, I kind of slept on him, but um, <laughs> big mistake, big mistake. Um, I think, you know, I've, I've righted that ship. He's a, uh, he's a guy that, that can, that can put up numbers that CJ Stroud did. Now he doesn't have the type of wide receivers that, that Stroud had mm-hmm. or has, but he also doesn't play in the big 10 who I feel uh, is right there. I mean, I'm talking right there next to the SEC in quarterback, uh, cornerback play. So he's in the ACC, actually. It's pretty soft cornerback play unless we see some improvements this year. So um, this is a, a massive ceiling here. I love the fact that I'm able to draft Tyler Van Dyke and redraft in like the 15th and the 16th round. It's uh, it's so nice. I love it. Right. I love it. And and you know you pointed out when I in, in one of our first drafts you were like oh you know I wait on quarterbacks and I'm like uh you know but I want my guys I want I don't want to wait and and, and then I, but then I'm like wow I'm getting Tyler Van Dyke in round fifteen hitting <laughs> me yeah right I can wait a little bit there right. you know because you did a lot of drafts during um, when I was doing NFL draft analysis and I wasn't mm-hmm. able to do any CFF drafts at that time I was working around the clock. So I, I, I was late to the party here and uh, that was definitely something I, 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 uh, I adjusted to from you, but at running back, go ahead. I know you got your guy and it's a guy that I bought into completely. So yeah, you, you've got, you've got the ball. Yeah. So, I mean, here, I mean, I think you're going to hear a lot of Henry Parrish or Jalen Knighton and Jalen Knighton has <laughs> the markets adjusted on him a bit. He was going like six round early on. Now he's like 14th, 15th round. Um, but the guy that I think – I don't know if he takes over right away, but he's going to be the guy at some point this year, Trevante Citizen. He's a guy that Larry Bluestein, who's a local Miami uh, beat writer, said is the best running back prospect that Miami's had in the last 20 years. Um, so this is a guy the staff is excited about. He's six foot. 217 so he's got the bmi that we like his feet are awesome um and you know like you said with duke right like when a new staff comes in and they bring the recruits in and miami flipped um <clears throat> trevante citizen at the last minute flipped him from lsu <laughs> which you don't flip louisiana recruits from lsu unless there's some nil money involved and i think to that point like He's a true freshman coming in. He's got, I don't know what his NIL deal is. You may know, but it's got to be massive for him to just flip from both Florida and LSU that led the whole time to all of a sudden at the end flip. Cristobal's a good recruiter, but uh, but people don't flip from SEC schools to Miami unless there's money involved. And so um, I see Toronto Citizen as a guy that um, it, you might not draft him, uh, you have to in best ball, but in redraft, you might not draft him, but man, watch this closely because when he starts taking over, you want to pick him up off the waiver wire because he's going to be a guy that's going to come in. He's college ready. He's going to hit. So after, after you, you pointed him out to me and, and, and pass along what, what everyone, you know, all the, all the hype going into it, I went out and, um, uh, uh, you know, I watched his tape. He was like, he was the first tape I watched of, of, no, actually I watched Nick Singleton first, but then I watched him and yeah, I'm right there with you. This guy, it just breakaway size. He's got it all. 
uh, and and uh, he was he was just like a man amongst boys in high school, and so yeah, big time interested in this guy. Uh, you you uh, actually I I don't know if I don't think I've drafted him in any anywhere where where you were in the draft because I'm just I kind of feel bad because I I, I, <laughs> I, I wasn't even on, I wasn't on this guy at all. So um um you know I, I've just left him alone in those in those leagues, but. Um, he's somebody that we definitely want to take notice of and, and, and stash away. So I liked Harry, Henry Parrish coming in, but yeah, uh, you know, it was just like when, uh, when, when he was at Ole Miss, you know, I, I liked dirt on Ely better. He was more dynamic. We didn't have the size or anything, but yeah, citizen, he, the, the number reported for him is not very high his NIL dollars, but I think mm. that, that for a lot of these guys, uh, it's the fact that I, I think that we're, we've, we've yet to see what their, um, the, the, the total number of their deals is so far. So I'd like to see if that yeah. is going to get updated before the season starts. But um, um, moving on to the wide receivers. And this is where I just want to hear what you say, because I really don't know what to do with these guys. The two that I'm two that I'm eyeballing are, are Frank Ladson. And, and, but the one that, that really stands out to me is Jacoby George. he had the, he had the really, he had the high school numbers that just dwarf anybody on the roster. So what are your thoughts here? Yeah, I mean, if you ask anybody within Miami, they're going to tell you coming out of spring that Jacoby George was the number one target. Um, apparently, he struggled with drops in camp, in, uh, in spring ball. And so I don't know what to do that. The other guy that people are really high on is Ramella Brinson, uh, who nobody's really talking about. But kind of insiders say, like, man, he's he's the guy uh, if he can stay healthy. Uh and so I think if you're going to spend any type of draft capital, it'll be on George. Um, but watch out for Brinson coming in. If he's making some noise in fall camp, he's going to be a guy that's worth taking off the waiver wire in the first few weeks. And then Latson is a guy that I think is probably de facto right now, you know, not counting Brinson is the, the de facto number two. Um, and But he's going to be, I think, a guy that is pretty much going to run nine routes and catch deep passes potentially. Um, but man, he just gets injured so often. It's hard to really rely on him. Yeah. So that, that's, that's interesting. Brinson. So uh, definitely somebody that I'll have to, to stash away there and think about, but it tied in. Uh, we do have another guy that, that yep. you like quite a bit and, and that I agree. I think he's going to be playing on Sundays and, uh, 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 somebody that, you know, it, it, I'm, I'm trying to pick him up where I can, and that's Will Mallory. So they also have a lot, Elijah Arroyo, and then they, they have Jaleel Skinner. So, you know, it's, it's a crowded room, but I think, I think Mallory is, uh, he's got, he's got enough to, to, you know, make his mark on his own. So what are your thoughts? And, and let's, we'll, we'll try to speed up just a little bit because I think we can, we can go about 20 minutes more um, over the rest of these teams. Okay. So I'll say this about Will Mallory. He, during the broadcast for the spring game, the the reporter said that the coaches said before Mallory's injury during spring ball, he was the most dominant player on offense. There you go. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> Definitely somebody that we want to target. Um, let's move on to NC State. So another guy that's going to have uh, that's going to have a lot of eyes on him for his NFL future in 2023 and could potentially be uh, a late first rounder is Devin Leary. And, I, and you know, I wasn't on this guy. Actually, I didn't want to touch him. Uh, coming going into the 21 season, you know, and but uh, man, he looked good last year. 23 fantasy points per game. That was uh, 
uh, that I mean, just blew my mind, and and uh, I'm I'm liking him. Devin Leary's looking good. You know, not somebody that I'm going to target though at his go. So so what, what what gets me is I'm seeing Devin Leary going before Tyler Van Dyke. It's it, right. it's 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 so weird because Leary doesn't run either. You know, so right. Um, but let's look at him, but then let's also talk about the wide receiver situation where, you know, we really don't know how this is going to play out. I know that you, um, it, it appears you, you like Devin Carter, but you know, I just, I don't like the, I don't like the efficiency that I've seen from him mm-hmm. during his career. And, um, you know, Thayer Thomas, he's been a, when he's on the field, he, he's, he's been a superior receiver. Um, and then there's also Porter Brooks and, uh, and Daryl Jones. I mean, what, what are you thinking here? With uh, the quarterback in the in the wide receiver situation at NC State, yeah, Devin Larry is a guy that I've been on for a while. I really, I just really like his arm talent, to be quite honest. But yeah, he's a guy I, I take him in the thirteenth, fourteenth round because his ceiling or his floor is so nice. He, I think he pretty much puts up twenty two to twenty six fantasy points a game, and that's kind of nice. So he's a guy that you can draft safely, and he's going to produce what you think he's going to produce. Um, Wide receiver-wise, yeah. I mean, I, I'm a guy that's been on Porter Rooks for a while, and I just don't understand why he hasn't been put on the field because he has talent and he has the recruiting pedigree. And so I could see him popping off, and I can see him doing nothing, but at least he's in the starting lineup now. And Devin Carter, it's just the size the size that he's got. And I think he's got some good traits, but you know he hasn't popped off a ton. And Thayer Thomas is just a jag to me. So guys like that, I don't want to, I don't really love drafting. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's really just trying to toss a dart and see if we can land on the guy that's going to be his new Devin Leary's new number one. And all I meant really meant about Devin Leary is that, uh, you know, it it just, it bothers me that he's being drafted before uh, Tyler Van Dyke. Not that I don't want him. Definitely. He's anybody, any quarterback scoring 20, points per game is somebody that we need to have our eye on at some point in the draft. But uh, so real quickly, it looks like Cameron, um, excuse me, Cameron Walker is, is the tight end there. And we really don't know what we're getting there. Um, but then at running back, we have Jordan Houston and then they have an interesting uh, rookie coming in. Michael Allen. Is there one of those guys? I know you, I know you're, you're going to be on Houston because he's obviously the, uh, the new guy there. Uh, but you know, we may see a, a, a split and it, you know, like we saw last year between um, Bam Knight and, and, uh, Ricky Person. So, what do you what do you what are your thoughts here, real quickly on on Houston? Yeah, I like Houston. He's one ninety, right? So this yeah. isn't a guy that's going to take take the load. And Michael Allen's a guy that reportedly has a four four forty um, at like five eight two hundred pounds or five ten two hundred pounds, um, and he looks like he's got the frame to add. And I think he's the the staff's really excited about him. He's the future for sure. So when is the future? That's the big question. <laughs> it is. It is. So okay, let's move on to North Carolina, and we have some. We have a big cornerback, uh, uh, you know, uh, competition here between Jacoby Gris- Criswell and you know, big guy, but then an even bigger guy, just a small, a lower BMI, uh, is is Drake May, who who is the the big ad for North Carolina last year. So somebody's going to want to come in here and, and replace Sam Howell. So, uh, you know, I, I, am looking at the, the high school numbers. And at first I was on Drake may until I took a deeper look at Jacoby mm. Criswell and wow, 41 fantasy points per game in 2019. This guy's a, he's a, he's a dual threat beast if he gets on the field. So what are your thoughts? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're talking about a guy in Criswell that, uh, Josh Downs says is the strongest arm he's ever seen. Uh, 
So I think that's bull, bull crap. I'm calling bull crap. <laughs> maybe he's Sam just trying Howell to... has one of the strongest arms in the NFL. I know. So maybe he's trying to gas up his guy. I don't know, but he made the comment. So I, I think, I mean, Chris Wall is just, he's more dynamic. He offers more from a CFF perspective than a Drake may Drake may is the big, big time recruit. So uh, I have Chris well over may at this point, but I could definitely see a world in which they start may because of the pet, the recruiting pedigree. Um, and so I think either, I think they're going to start off the season splitting between the two. So I think this is, this is a hard avoid for me um, on either guy. So moving over to the backfield, man, this is a tough one because Brish Brooks, he's been with the team forever. Looks like he's finally going to get his shot. So yeah, he's going to be the guy that we're going to target. But DJ Jones, he was good in high school, man. Mm-hmm. And and he's got he's got the talent. But then Marion Hampton, you, you you turned me on to this guy, man. He looks really good. I like him too. And then they got another guy, George Petaway, that put up 40, 43 and 46 fantasy points per game the last few yeah. years. Man, they've got a good backfield, but um, you know, it's it's. I, I guess I'm going to try to to trust that it's going to be British British Brooks this year. Is that is that where you're leaning? Yeah. So I, with British Brooks, this is a perfect example of like great system. You know, average talent. He reminds me of Jarrell Brock, who he will get to from Iowa State. I Brooks will start off the year as the RB one, but man, Petaway is dynamic. Hampton, I'm all over him. Hampton is just a running back. Like the dude has was born to play this position, and I think he takes over the British Brooks role by the end of the year. And um, and Petaway to me is that he's that Michael Carter. Hampton's being compared to Javante Williams, Zamir White, other North Carolina running backs, high school running backs. Um, and so I think Hampton and Petaway is the future. And again, that question is, is the future week four or is the future 2023? Like, I, I don't know. Um, I don't see British Brooks sticking in that spot for very long. And maybe it's DJ Jones that overtakes him. But British Brooks to me is just, he had a good good couple games, but I don't see him doing that over a full 12-game season. If I remember correctly, British Brooks is also from – a recruiting uh, a recruit prior to the Mac Brown era, mm-hmm. so he's not somebody that Mac Brown specific or Phil Longo specifically brought in here. So I think they have less loyalty to Brooks than they do to these other kids that they've got to know their parents and and the such. So um, I actually like the other three. I like DJ Jones as well. I'm just I'm yeah. stubborn. Caleb Hood. I'm not saying I'm not. I don't like him. He just didn't put up the high school numbers that the other guys did. So um, yeah, I, I like Jones. I I think Jones is another guy that could could uh, you know steal away a lot of the touches there. So it's tough to know what to do there. Um, right. But in in in, a, in Debbie, I'm all over Hampton as well. By yeah. the way, um, all right. Moving on to the wide receivers, we got Josh Downs. We don't even need to talk about him. Everyone should know he's probably going to be a first round pick next year. Uh, he's he's a dude can jump out of a gym. I mean, he's 40 plus vertical and uh, great footwork, great hands, everything you want in a player. He's going to be a starting slot receiver in the NFL next year. So we can move on from him. And, and you know, so with Antoine Green, he he came on for Sam Howell. I mean, too little, too late, right? They they pretty this wide receiver rotation, it it pretty much destroyed Sam Howell's reputation last year. <laughs> 
and because they, they, they couldn't get a guy to come to step up for him. But, uh, you know, Anton Green, he stepped up a little bit late in the year. Too too late. Sorry, man. You, uh, I don't really like him that much. He's a, he's a deep threat. And, uh, you know, maybe he has a big year, but psh, I'm not buying it. Then they got, then they got a couple of young guys and, between Andre Green, uh, Kobe Pesor, I was reading, has had had a really good spring. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll see if that carries over into the fall. And then uh, Gavin Blackwell, who actually played with Sam Howell in high school. Uh, but, you know, that's not going to help him here. So any anybody outside of Downs that stands out to you? Yeah, so the only guy that stands out to me is Andre Green. Um, I think if there's a guy that's going to be relevant, that's going to step up into a clear wide receiver two role, it'll be him. You know, the thing that holds him back is he wasn't in spring ball but the staff has been waiting to get this guy on campus. So uh, Mac has Mac Brown has raved about this guy and his potential. And is just waiting to see is this guy that can, that can play right away. And if so, man, he helps out downs a lot. So, because the, all they did last year's teams was at the end of the year, just bracketed downs and just said, you're not going to beat us with downs. And that offense stalled. Yeah, and I know you like Bryson Neb- Nesbitt, so is there anything you want to add yes. about him? So Bryson Nesbitt, what I like about him is that right now they're splitting him out, and he's playing wide receiver, um, but he's listed as a tight end. So any guy that is six foot six, two twenty, and he's actually playing wide receiver, not tight end, but he's listed as tight end, he's the type of guy that I like to go after. And, and that really highlights the issues that the team has had at wide receiver. Right. That they're that they're using they're using a guy that is clearly you know built like a tight end at wide receiver. Let's move on to Pittsburgh. So um, yeah, it, it's 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 concerning because Mark Whipple's gone, and you know they bring in they bring and then you know they lose Jordan Addison, and they they bring in a new um, offensive coordinator. And, you know, Frank's, Frank Signetti was the, the offensive coordinator for Boston College. So that means we're going to be dealing with a pro-style system here. And um, it's, hard to get, it's hard to get that excited about Caden Slovis. He's got a decent arm, but it hasn't looked the same since he had a, a, a shoulder injury following his big true freshman season. Um, but he can put up points. He can definitely put up some points. And, um, you know, I, 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 would, I would have loved to have seen him play with Jordan Addison. But, you know. Uh, it's better for Caleb Williams, I guess. Um, is there, are, are you targeting Caden Slovis or are you just leaving him out there? Nah, I'm, yeah, I'm not. I'm fading him. Yeah. yeah. Pro style system. And, and, and what's even worse is that we're probably, I mean, it was good for Israel Abanaconda that, that Whipple's gone though. Right. Cause right. he likes to Absolutely. rotate his running backs. So it's coming into the year. I, I'm just, I, the only problem I have is, you know, I don't think it's going to be a rotation like it was in the past. The problem that I have is that I like Rodney Hammond. Yeah. What about you? Yeah. I'm a big Abanaconda guy. I mean, he's, his BMI is there. He's 10, six, nine, 100 meter guy, which is blazing fast for a guy that size. Um, I guess the question is, is whether he's really talented. <laughs> is he a good yeah. running back? And I think coming from New York, where he was a high school recruit, um, they just don't produce great running backs. And so, but if he can step up, man, I mean, you saw Garwo get some good run and got 205 touches last year. So if he is the RB1 and they stick with him, I mean, he's a guy that, that can show out. But Rodney Hammond, when he got in there, he produced. So I could definitely see him up being a uh, running back by committee, which is why, even though I like Abanaconda, I've, I don't have any shares this year. Yeah. So, 
And 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 I will say that uh, that Hammond he he came in at 175. He's added 20 pounds yeah. since then. So he's up to 100. So and he's he's only five foot nine. So he's got a good BMI as well. Right. Um, it, it it's just that I think Abanacana is the the better talent, and I think he's faster. But mm-hmm. uh, but Hammond has shown that he's a good running back, and he knows what to yep. do when he gets the ball in his hands. So yeah, we we're probably looking at a 70 30 or something like that. And then you know uh, maybe even like a 70. 30 or, or excuse me 60 30 10 with vincent davis coming in and ruin everybody's day um, <laughs> like he has the past few years Naturally. so um all right let's move on to, to wide receiver and um i i like i'm bullish on jared wayne i think i, I like him he's a possession receiver they also have uh jalen barden and but it looks like the number one's going to be uh Kenota mumpfield and 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 i'm i'm almost relatively 100 percent sure you agree correct yes absolutely so let's let's move on though. Mumfield, uh, Akron transfer. We'll see what happens. Probably going to be a guy that you, if you're gonna if you're gonna go after Slovis, you definitely want to stack him with Mumfield. But uh, I, I like Wayne as well. But you know, at tight end, I think that's where the real talent is yep. uh, for Pittsburgh because Gavin Barth- Bartholomew Bartholomew is one of my top five uh, Debbie tight ends. Um, I love this kid. I think he's. Uh, I think he's going to have a big year this year. We were talk. We talked about him a lot last year. I know you agree. Do you have anything to add there? Because I mean, he's he's a baller. I mean, the only thing I would add is that Frank Canetti's shown with Hunter Long and Trey Berry that he wants to use his tight ends. And so I think Gavin Bartholomew, he could be the wide receiver one somehow in this offense. And I think with Slovis trying to prove some some stuff to the NFL, like that could mean a big year for Bartholomew. Okay, so let's move on to Syracuse. And there's really one guy that I like on this entire <laughs> roster. And it's a guy that I, I draft pretty aggressively. And that's Garrett Schrader. Yep. And uh, I mean, I, how can we not? This guy, he put up crazy numbers in high school. Well, not crazy on a, um, you know, on just the most insane level, but crazy enough to get excited. And then what he put, what he did last year when he took the role, I love this kid, Garrett Schrader. And, and he makes nothing uh, on the NIL market that's been reported, which is just, it's a crime. Yeah. So, so I know you agree. What are, what are your thoughts? Yeah. I'm, I'm right there with you. Garrett Schrader is a, a top, he's my QB 16 this year and his ceiling is QB five. I mean, he's got Robert and I coming in there from UVA who's just spun gold um, in quarterbacks and turned like Bryce Perkins, who probably wasn't on anybody's radar except probably you, uh, for as an NFL quarterback, he turned him into an NFL guy. And so I'm not saying Grant Schrader's an NFL guy, but Anai, he builds his offensive systems around the talent and particularly the quarterback talent that he has. So I'm expecting him to maximize whatever Schrader's got, and Schrader's legs are just as dynamic as anyone in the country. Okay, so at running back, we have another NFL talent in Sean Tucker. I like Sean Tucker. I really do. Uh, I'm just – I'm not paying the price that, that right. he's going for because because of how much Schrader runs. Um, and, you know, so I like Sean Tucker. I'm just not going to pay that price. He does uh, – the one guy that really stands out to me, though, LaQuint Allen, he was a beast in high school. Yeah. And uh, he's already got some NIL dollars coming in. Uh, I'm not buying the the Juwan Price or the David Obing, a guy Pong. I mean, those those guys are just going to be sitting on the side because I think LaQuint Allen is going to be the guy next year. But obviously yep. for this year, it's Sean Tucker. Um, I don't really think there's even anything that, that we would need to add to that, but nope. I do want to get your thoughts on um, the wide receivers because you love, you love Damian Alford and uh, you know, I'm not really on any of the wide receivers, but what do you, I want to hear what you have on uh, Damian Alford. Cause you really like, really like this guy. 
Yeah, I mean, so so Alford's a guy that I I like. It's essentially a system thing, right? Like, so Dontavian Wicks uh, had a pretty huge year last year as a deep threat, a bigger deep threat outside guy. Fifty-seven catches, twelve hundred three yards, and nine touchdowns. Uh, for Robert and I last year at UVA. And so I think if there's a guy that can reproduce those type of numbers, it's going to be Alfred here. And so he's not a guy that I'm taking beyond, you know, 25 plus rounds in a best ball. Um, but he's an intriguing guy at six foot six, two fifteen, uh, to me. Cause he, man, in the, in the spring game, he ran nine routes and they threw the ball to him and, and he, he did well. So, but we'll see. I mean, I'm not putting a bunch of stock into them, to be quite honest. Okay, moving on to Virginia. So Brock and uh, Bronco Mendenhall, he's out, and then and then, like you just said, uh, the new the new offensive coordinator Robert Anai is now uh, he's in Syracuse, and so we have a new we have Tony Elliott coming over from Clemson, and we also have Des Kitchings coming over from the Atlanta Falcons. And so it's gonna. It's looking like we're gonna be going from that that pass happy offense at Virginia into a power spread, and um, you know we're probably gonna see a reduction in some of the numbers um, from from Brennan Armstrong. But again, this is this is probably uh, another NFL quarterback here. The the twenty twenty three quarterback class is just ridiculous. Mm. And um, but Brennan Armstrong, you know, I really like him. Um, and and we're running out of time here. So I de- <laughs> we definitely want to go through these really quickly. Yeah. Um, I like Dontavian Wicks. I like Kato and Thompson. I really like Lavel Davis Jr. I mean, this guy's a beast. Yeah. And six foot six or excuse me, um, Lavel Davis is six foot seven, 225 pounds coming off a of torn ACL. So we're, we're going to need to see some stuff there. But um, I really like those three receivers, and I think we're going to see a, a reduced role for Billy Kemp now that when da- when Davis gets back into the lineup. I like Thompson so much because he's a dual threat guy. He comes in there and he plays Wildcat, and he takes some carries, and he also does uh, work on jet sweeps. And then they have a, an intriguing um, true freshman here in, in Dakota Twitty. Uh, but at tight end, I've seen a lot of people drafting the tight end situation here, thinking, uh, you know, I get it. They had a they had a guy come in and 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 Jelani Woods that did really well, but just got to remember Jelani Woods didn't play tight end. He was playing wide receiver. And so uh, don't buy the, the Grant Mish hype. Um, he's not going to come in and be a, a wide receiver in this offense. He's actually going to play tight end and I'm not even going to get into Sackett Wood Jr. Um, and then at running back, I really like um, uh, the, the Miami transfer, Cody Brown. I don't like, I didn't like him much in Miami, but I like him in this situation because they really don't have anything except for they did get Xavier Brown, who is from uh, nearby um, Lexington Christian Academy. So, um, and he put up some good numbers, but probably going to be a while on him. Do you have anything you want to touch on with any of these players? Yeah, I'm, it's it's disappointing that and I moved on, and that Kitchens was his replacement because <laughs> this is a team that is just C- was CFF gold last year. So there, there's all these guys are being drafted higher than I would draft them. So I just don't have any shares. But I love I love, love the talent of these players. That's all I say. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, th- th- we're going to get to I think I think we saw Virginia Tech. They made some good, they made a couple of good additions. One I hated is Grant Wells. I didn't even like him at Marshall. <laughs> and now he's coming in to lead a a power a power 5 team. No, no, no. <laughs> I don't think he's an NFL talent and I'm not touching him. I don't care what he did at Marshall. 
I like Malachi Thomas. He looked pretty good. And I think if Virginia Tech, when they realize that Wells isn't a dynamic or, or even a talented, doesn't have a talented arm, we're going to see them go to the run because they have Malachi Thomas plus Bryce Duke, man. 44 and 43 fantasy points per game the last two years. 25 as a sophomore. This dude, man, um, he knows how to put up the numbers. And I'm not saying that he did it against the best competition. But at the same time, what I am saying is, is, is when a player does well in high school, especially at running back, he knows how to to put up big numbers. And that's something we don't see from some guys that have the athleticism but didn't do it in high school. They don't know how to 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 piece together these big seasons and to figure out ways to do it. So I like Bryce Duke as well. Malachi Thomas is is the guy you want though right away. Jaden Blue, Jaden Blue is a guy that uh, to me he's just a guy, um, but he'll probably get some some touches. I like Dwayne Lofton, and but the guy for me on on Virginia Tech is Jalen Jones. I think he's the one that has the talent. Although uh, Dwayne Lofton did put up 43 fantasy points per game as a junior in high school. Uh, and then there's really there's really nothing there at, at, at tight end to get excited about. So do you have anything to add on these guys? Yeah, the only thing I would add on Malachi Thomas or just the backfield in general is they brought up over Joe Rudolph, who is the offensive line coach from Wisconsin. Um, so I think that gives you a little bit of an idea about the identity they want to have in the future. So I think – I don't know what they do this year because Virginia Tech seems like a mess to me, but – Malachi Thomas or Bryce Duke, these are guys that you want to look for in Dynasty. And because once they figure things out, like if they if they have the offensive line coach from Wisconsin, that tells you something. You know, we probably should have started this out with Wake Forest. I hate that we're running out of time and we've already run out of time, but I'm not going to stop here. No way. We got to talk about Wake Forest and uh, Sam Hartman. I mean – you won't find anybody out there that is talking about Sam Hartman in the 2023 class, mm-hmm. um, except for right here between the two of us. We yep. both love him. Um, this guy is legit. He's going to play on Sundays. I think he's going to start on Sundays. I think he's got more dual threat potential than people realize, even though he's not particularly fast. And we have a lot of examples from NFL history where guys are just smart knowing when to scramble. And I think Sam Hartman is that guy. And then at running back, the guy that I love, probably my biggest sleeper in all of college football, and I'm not talking about Nick Singleton, I'm talking about, you know, true freshman here. I'm not talking about Nick Singleton or, you know, Cade Klubnik or, you know, whoever else, Drew Alar. I mean, but I'm talking about a sleeper. I love me some Demon Claiborne. Mm. Go watch his tape. I don't care how big he is. He's 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 5'10", 185. He's got the frame to put on some more pounds. If he can get up to like 205 pounds, this guy's hard to tackle. He was he was a beast in high school, and I just I loved his tape. He was he was a guy that I was all over because I'm not that big on uh, Justin Ellison. He's a he's just a guy. I'm not I'm not really excited about him, and I really don't like Christian Turner. But at wide receiver, <laughs> we have your guy and yeah. ATP. I love ATP. I I love him in Debbie, but 
uh, you go out aggressively and get this guy in the first round. You love you some ATP. So we never want to get your thoughts there. But I also like the return of Donovan Green coming off his ACL. I think he's going to be he's going to be the wide receiver two in this in this rotation. He's going to be somebody that we, that we can get late in a in one of the 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 most explosive uh, passing offenses in the country. Then also Keyshawn Williams, man, this dude is is just itching. So AT Perry is going to go to the NFL next year. Keyshawn Williams is going to step up. You watch, and mm-hmm. then they have they also have a new guy coming in who I really like as well. Yeah. That's Wesley Grimes. Yeah. So um, uh, let, why don't you go over that because we don't really have anything at tight end. Why don't you go over your guys and then we'll close this out. Yeah, so I'm with Sam Hartman. Obviously, he's a top five quarterback for me. At Perry, I mean, he's a guy that averaged nine targets per game last year, and just he just stepped up uh, when Donovan Green went out. Uh, with an injury in the preseason, and he's he's not giving that job back, <laughs> and no. uh, and I think that's the thing. It's At Perry is the wide receiver one, and then we're not sure who's the wide receiver two. And I think that for me is why I'm so aggressive with Perry. And like from spring reports, I mean, you had the big season last year, and then spring reports were like every single one was like, oh, Hartman's connected with Perry for another 50 yard touchdown today, and it's just like this guy's just dominating. Uh, in spring ball and um, you know and he didn't have to even play in spring ball if he didn't want to because he just dominated last year so A.T. Perry is a guy that I really like uh, as the wide receiver one in this offense and then um, it's interesting the wide receiver uh, the wide receiver one and two has been an outside and a slot every year for the last four or five years uh, for Wake Forest and so I'm not saying that's going to happen this year, but I do think that a guy that could step up, like you said, is Keyshawn Williams as that wide receiver too. It's a bit of projection because um, he'd be splitting snaps with Taylor Morin on the inside. Um, so we'll see. But this is why I'm so high on Perry's because I don't really know what to do with the rest of the guys. I'm personally not a huge green guy because I was very invested in him his uh, redshirt freshman year. And I just didn't – and so I watched a lot of him play. And, and like, every he, – he failed to get separation um, a lot of times on his routes downfield. And so I just don't know what to do with a guy. Like, th- that's what they do. They run nine routes with their outside guys. And then Donovan Green wasn't coming down with the 50-50 balls and, um, and wasn't able to get separation. So it's just tricky for me. I'm probably lower – I am lower on Green than most people. Um, so he could pop. Well, I, just not I will add that they, they both have 2.35 yards per hour run during their careers. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, A.T. Perry, did, he didn't play that type of role his first two years on campus. Right. So uh, it's understandable, you know, that he wouldn't – his numbers wouldn't uh, – but it's, it's, it's a lot higher after, you know, like what he did last year compared yeah. to what Green has done. So there's no comparison. I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I'm not taking nothing away from Keyshawn Williams. I think he's a, he's a really, really good talent. Okay, so quick goodbyes. Uh, you know, we appreciate you uh, <laughs> listening in. This, is, uh, th- this has been the ACC, and, and we'll catch you uh, next time, and, and we'll be going through each of the, uh, the 11, uh, 11 conferences, which includes the independents. <laughs>